This is episode 113, featuring the fueling advice of three ultra marathoners, Abby Hall, Anna Mae Flynn, and Abby Levine. Hello, hello. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and welcome back to the Strength Running Podcast. You know, when I first started strength running, everyone thought that strength running meant that I'm a big proponent of strength training for runners. And yes, while I do believe that strength training is so important to our running that it shouldn't even be considered cross-training, just part of your overall training, strength running is about a lot more than just how strong your muscles are. We must be aerobically strong by developing our endurance. We must be mentally strong by mastering our mindset. And we must have the energy, the proper fueling, to run our workouts and races strong. Because without adequate energy, we can't kick hard at the end of a race. We can't summon the strength to sprint when we're tired. And we can't finish strong. I wish that I had taken fueling more seriously when I started running half marathons and marathons. Because my nutrition caused a lot of poor workouts. And it was actually the main reason why I faltered and hit the wall so hard in my first marathon. And I want you to avoid these mistakes. I want you to learn from the best. That's why today you're going to hear from three ultra marathoners on how they fuel for races, what their post long run fueling looks like, and how things might be different if they were training for shorter races. I think it's quite helpful to study ultra marathoners when it comes to fueling, even if you have no interest in running ultra distances. Because it's here that fueling becomes virtually as important as the training itself. It doesn't matter how fit you are if you don't fuel well as an ultra runner. And we're doing this today because we're celebrating the relaunch of our fueling program, Finish Strong. I've added new material, updated our fueling schedules, included more expert interviews, and there's now even an extra discount for Tailwind Nutrition. You can see all the details of Finish Strong at strengthrunning.com fuel. Okay, let's hear from our ultra runners. Today, you're going to hear from Abby Hall, who placed eighth at CCC earlier this year, which is known as UTMB's sister race. Anna Mae Flynn, who won the Speed Goat 50K earlier this year. And Abby Levine, who placed ninth at this year's Way Too Cool 50K. I'm going to ask all three of these athletes the same three questions. How do you fuel during an ultra marathon? When you finish a long run, what does your post-run fueling look like? How would you fuel differently for workouts and long runs if you were training for a shorter event, like say a 10K? Let's start with our first question about fueling during an ultra. Here's Anime Flynn. This is like a three-part answer, but for part one, um, what I've learned for myself is I ingest probably in a seven and a half hour race, probably 500 calories. So not very much. Um, and I typically eat about or ingest four gels, honey stinger gels. And then I also supplement with tailwind, which is an electrolyte supplement also has calories in it. Um, and then I start to take in tailwind, um, like mid race till the end and also drink Coca-Cola at aid stations or whatever kind of soda, if it's Pepsi or whatever. Um, I don't do any 
processed foods and really, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, for 50 K's and less or less, I typically maybe have two gels and a little bit of Coke and that's it. Um, and the, I guess the second or third part of my answer is that I have trained, um, my body to work off of fat burning. So I essentially train, you know, bulk of my, um, my miles in zone one, zone two. And I do a lot of, uh, long efforts on an empty stomach. And, um, and that's not for everybody, but it's just something that I've established is healthy for me. Um, and so that whenever I race, I don't need as much calories to sustain my effort. Now, how does Abby Hall answer this same question? Yeah, so for me, um, really any race is 50 miles or under. I'm just doing gels. Um, actually, more like 50K or under, I'm always doing gels. 50 miles, sometimes I'll start to introduce like some watermelon, chips, um, Coke. So yeah, like with those longer longer races, I'll start to bring in some solid foods, mainly because like when you start to miss meal times, you'll get pretty hungry. Um, and like, I'll get like physically hungry where I'm like, man, I want like a sandwich right now. <laughs> like I want a meal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so always though, really regardless of distance for me, it's like gel every half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and I generally lean towards, um, uh, hydration that does not have calories in it. And here's Abby Levine discussing her ultramarathon fueling. Since I've mostly been running 50Ks and now moving up to slightly longer distances, I've mostly stuck to liquid foods because that's the easiest thing to get down. And I generally feel a little bit nauseous in races. And so it's been a lot of trial and error. I've learned that some brands really just don't work for my stomach. Um, So now I've gotten into SIS gels which are isotonic. You don't have to drink with them. Uh, The only problem with those is they don't have salt in them. So I did this uh, training race in Crested Butte a couple weeks ago, and it was 55K. And I was just eating these gels, and about 15 miles in, my brain got all foggy. It was awful. I just couldn't think. And running got really hard, and I I was eating a lot, but I just didn't. It was this weird paradox where I kind of had a lot of energy, but I also felt completely drained. And my fingers started swelling up and my toes. And then I realized that these gels had no salt in them. So long story short, make sure you're taking in enough salt along with your calories. Um, So I think in the future, if I keep eating those gels, I'm going to take salt pills as well. And I recommend getting your sweat tested just to see how much salt you you sweat out because it's different for everyone. And you don't want to oversalt yourself either. Oversalt yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like um, your food. You don't want to oversalt your body. Okay. You've just heard from three ultra runners about how they structure their fueling during ultra marathon races. What do you notice? What are the common trends and themes? And how are you going to learn from this and apply it to your running? Okay. Let's turn to fueling after a long run. This is critical for recovery, especially the longer that long run gets. Let's start with Anna Mae Flynn again. 
Okay, so right after the run, I get in the house and I prepare a smoothie with frozen berries, some type of milk, um, yogurt, uh, peanut butter, vega, protein powder, as well as collagen and banana and whatever other ingredients I feel like putting in there, like veggie-wise or fruit-wise. Blend that up and drink that immediately. Um, and then drink some water and then maybe take a shower, foam roll, and then I'll prepare a meal. Um, sometimes, yeah, it's like I'll make burritos, which kind of are easy to prep. Um, so I have a lot of those ingredients in my fridge, just beans, rice, um, avocado. Sometimes I put like sprouts, uh, spinach, kale, different veggies, hummus. Um, and then I also have leftovers typically that I'll make for dinner. So, um, like lasagnas. So I'm not vegetarian. So I, yeah, eat a whole range of nutrition items. Um, we're like on the pyramid. <laughs> um, so yeah, sometimes lasagna, um, sometimes it's like a curry. Um, yeah, so I'll eat some type of denser caloric meal, um, about an hour within an hour after a long run. And then after that, um, that'll be like late morning lunch. And then I'll have, I eat a lot of oatmeal. So probably eat oatmeal around one or two or three PM. Um, bananas and peanut butter snacks. Um, I eat a lot of honey stinger bars that are like 10 grams of protein per bar. And then, um, and then dinner. Yeah. Just really dense, um, caloric intake. I eat a lot of salads too. So I just put, you know, tons of ingredients in like this huge salad bowl and devour that to get a lot of greens in. Um, and a lot of lent, I eat a lot of lentils as well, um, just to get that extra protein. And how does Abby Hall fuel up after a long run? So I've finally cultivated the habit of having like a shake after my longer runs and workouts and <laughs> which I feel like is like the textbook, like whatever runner's world magazine like thing to do but like I finally am in the habit of it um so my nutrition sponsor is Univad and they do a really great um like a post-run recovery pea protein um drink uh, that's all vegan and I usually throw it in a bottle and shake it up and it's like this chocolate chocolate turmeric latte flavor and it's really good and it goes down really easy um so that's been like my usual like whatever I'll throw it you know, in a bag or whatever to have after my run. Um, and that kind of just checks my nutritional box of like, check replaced calories within 15 minutes of finishing or whatever. Um, and then, you know, depending on what time of day it is like big meals after with, you know, lots of like, I'll do a lot of like rice and beans and veggies and all that. So, um, definitely a lot of volume of food. (laughs) Now here's Abby Levine. I try to just eat something as quickly as possible. That's easier said than done, depending on the run. Uh, I did a pretty hard long run last weekend, and I felt kind of sick after. 
And so I think I just had some chocolate milk because that was the easiest thing to get into my body. I Real food didn't sound appealing for about an hour after that. Uh, but yeah, I just try to get in a mixture of carbs and protein and some fat as soon as possible. So you're not making this too complicated, are you? No, because if you make it too complicated, you won't do it. Because you never know. Maybe you're finishing your run on top of if you drive somewhere and you have no access to a kitchen, you just need to keep it simple. If you are you have access to a kitchen and can you, you can make yourself a smoothie or something, great. But if you don't, that's not an excuse not to put something in your body as quickly as you can. I also, I like to keep picky bars with me since those have a pretty good ratio of the various macronutrients and they're just easy to get down and have some fruit in them. Yeah, it's always having something on hand. Our final question is on the differences between fueling for ultra workouts versus workouts for shorter race distances. If these athletes were training for a short race like a 10K, would their fueling change around their training? Let's hear from Anna Mae Flynn. I wouldn't change anything other than, or I, yeah, I wouldn't change anything other than the probably the taper. So I kind of work backwards or work differently, I think, than prescribed as I um, typically eat less the week of a race. Um, and so if I was running a shorter race, I'd probably eat less two weeks out and just eat more fibrous foods and not as dense calories. And here's how Abby Hall thinks about this question. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think like with, with the preparing for shorter races, the emphasis is a lot more on quality. Not that that's not an emphasis for ultra running as well, but um, like I think with that quality, it becomes a lot more imperative to just get those immediate calories following a run. Um, just because, you know, the clock is only ticking before your next training session and you want to just get in as much recovery as you can. Um, whereas I think with ultras, there's like actually something to be said about like, you know, working through that when you're training, like starting a run when you're tired, starting a run, you know, like when you're like slogging out at the end of a week. So, um, whereas I don't, feel like that's something that's as um, much of a part of training for like shorter, snappier races. Finally, this is Abby Levine discussing her workout fueling if she were training for shorter races. We, my day-to-day weekdays actually look very similar to when I was a track athlete. I do more trail runs, but I still do a lot of speed work thanks to my coach, David Roach. He's a big believer in speed work. Uh, so that looks pretty similar, but on the weekends, the biggest difference is that I now eat a really big breakfast before long trail, uh, long runs. As a track runner, I, you know, I'd have a piece of toast and that was about all I could stomach if I was running fast for about an hour and a half. But now if I'm going out for anywhere between three and six hours, you just need to be well fueled beforehand, even if you're eating throughout the run, which you should be doing. Uh, so that usually for me, that looks like a big bowl of oatmeal with a lot of peanut butter or almond butter in it. Like I can't undersell how important nut butter is to my diet. And it just keeps you sustained for a long time and isn't too expensive. So yeah, a lot of oats and, and nut butter. You've talked about your your love of nut butters in the past. I'm glad it made its appearance on the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, it's my it's my true love. <laughs> 
never lets me down. These three great athletes give us a glimpse into the fueling demands of endurance running during races, after big long runs, and how things might be different if they were preparing for shorter races. And as you can see, there are some common themes from their focus on readily available carbohydrate during races to prioritizing whole foods and complex carbs after long runs. They also recognize that fueling is mostly universal. Besides the demands of ultramarathon races, they mostly fuel the same during training as if they were training for shorter races. So even if you're not preparing for an ultramarathon, this advice can help you think more strategically about how you're getting your energy for workouts, long runs, and races, and also for recovering from these same efforts. I also want to encourage you to learn more about our fueling program, Finish Strong, which has been updated and revised at strengthrunning.com fuel. With the extra material, I am increasing the price after Friday, so check it out today. It shows you what to eat before workouts, long runs, and races, how much to eat and when, example fueling schedules for the marathon and half marathon, how to fuel as a plant-based athlete if you eat a paleo diet or as an ultra runner, and I pulled in five experts from ultra running champs, registered dietitians, Olympic level coaches and authors to show you exactly how to eat so you don't get that low energy feeling mid run. Instead, I'll show you how much you need to drink on every type of workout, what supplements you need, spoiler, you can probably avoid most of them, and what to eat so you don't get dizzy during a long run. And the benefits of fueling right are pretty substantial. You're going to feel better, you'll recover faster, you'll probably look better, prevent more injuries, and most importantly, you will race faster. And usually all it takes are a few simple tweaks to your fueling strategy. So if you're ready to finally eat the right nutrition without eating everything in sight, Finish Strong can help. See all the details at strengthrunning.com fuel. Thanks for listening to this episode and a big thanks to our guests for sharing their wisdom. Stay tuned for future episodes featuring all three of these great athletes. I'll be in touch soon.